both old and new. Welcome back to the Cozy Chat. We are happy to have you again. Um, I am your co-host, Maxine Antoine. And I'm your other co-host, Sasha Fountain. Yes, and we are doing this episode on Black excellence. Yeah, we're breaking down the toxicity or how we view Black excellence. Uh, it's, you know, something that everybody has a different opinion on. But why don't we first, like, describe Black excellence in our own opinion? You want to go first, Josh? Okay, so Black excellence feels like a culture where you everybody has to strive to be not superior, but, like, there's that sense that every Black person needs to be excellent there's no allowance for mediocrity they always say that white people can be mediocre but black people have to be the best at what they do they have to be the first at what they do there's a added pressure to be the best that encapsulates the whole feeling of black excellence like oh you got a doctor's degree you're excellent you got a house and a car you're excellent you've done such and such you're excellent so Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about black excellence how do you feel maxine yeah like as you were explaining that i felt like one like you basically took my answer but then (laughs) (laughs) two i was like you know what um from your perspective you came from a point of you know the the hardships of being excellent right but and like, you know, having to stay on that pedestal. But the way I see it too, is that black excellence kind of makes people who are not achieving the excellence feel like crap about themselves. You know, like, let's say like, I can even use myself as an example. Like, you know how everybody says like, oh, why don't you be a doctor, a lawyer, they make lots of money, you know, be the best in that field, right? But me, I went into film. And film is not going anywhere for me right now. And so <laughs> um, yeah. it's just, I have this guilt that like, oh, um, I'm not doing anything well with my life. I don't have a house. I don't have a car. I'm yeah. broke. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going by paycheck to paycheck. You know, yeah. I'm not my ancestors' wildest dreams. I'm barely making the mark. I'm not yeah. first in anything. I'm last to everything. Yeah. You know, I'm still late to everything. You know, <laughs> so like there's nothing excellent about me, and then it makes me feel like crap because they're supposed to. Be. Yeah. Um, as a black person, you're it's ingrained in you. There's a greatness already ingrained in you that you have to unlock and then you know spread out to everybody and show the world how excellent you are. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of pressure for those who don't get to that pedestal and for those who are on the pedestal and who have to maintain it like yes for example right she could never relax you know like you yeah. could like yeah. you know she could like slow down with her music or whatever but that woman can never relax a day in her life because she always has to be excellent she always has yeah. to maintain it if she starts yeah. to slack then nobody's gonna respect her like she's less black now you're less than yeah. Yeah. and um for me that's how black excellence feels like it's a great thing. Like the intention was so great. It's supposed to inspire us. It's supposed to encourage us, motivate us, empower us to be better and to, you know, be the best in every generation. But it's also causing an anxiety and an imposter syndrome and, you know, yeah. even narcissism too, because like yeah. less for those who reach that excellence, they're going to think that they're the ish. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. entitled to that. I worked for that. I deserve that, yeah. you know? They're not yeah. going to have that humble appreciation for anything that they have. Yeah. You know? So it could be a dangerous thing too when it's not, when it doesn't have its limitations, you know, or when it doesn't have like the boundaries of what it was supposed to be, you know, it just like black excellence and just like went off into like this limitless, you know, platform where everybody is striving for it, but there's no real sense of like, when does it stop? When does it, When's it a time to relax and just breathe? I totally agree about the whole filmmaking and feeling less than because I went into the field of being a journalist and a photographer and I'm totally not working in that field. Now I'm working in IT. So it's kind of like, was I even good? I wasn't even good enough to succeed in the field that I studied in. Like, how do I, 
Like I'm not excellent in that way. So like when you hit that point, I was like, I totally identify. It's something that, you know, you think, oh, I came into this field to be the best that I can be, but damn, I'm not there yet. Or I might never get there. Mm-hmm. It really, you know, gives you this sense. It's like, it gives you a sense of false hope, you know, because they like gas you up, you know, because like they, not to say like you're nobody special, you know, like not to say that. But what I'm saying is like they gas you up to make you feel like you're, like you're supposed to get to this excellent level. And then when you actually try to like the real life version versus the expectation in real life, like you try to reach for it and it's like, oh, this is how serious it is. Or, oh, this is not what I thought it would be. You yeah. know, and it it faces it presents itself as challenges, you know, that you weren't expecting because here you are thinking like, oh yeah, of course I'm gonna be excellent in it. What? I'm black, like of course I am, you know. Um, but then reality hits and it's just like, oh, I'm just like one in a dozen, like I'm just some your average plain Jane or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard, especially for black people, because we have to make a legacy, you know, and that's the that's the thing that white people don't have to have that burden of. You could just be white and die. You know what I mean? Yeah, Not to like can. die. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But like for a black person, like before you die, you better do something excellent, like a mark before yeah. you yeah. leave. And yeah. then you could yeah. die. You know, yeah. like Beyonce, yeah. Michael Jackson, all these greats, you know, in our industry, yeah. they had to lead a legacy for their kids and for the generation before they die. You know, okay. we always have yeah. to be a symbol of hope for everybody we can't just be ourselves yep exactly exactly yeah like because the next question i'm gonna try to go by Corey's outline our co-host who's not here but he's here in spirit he's here in spirit (laughs) yes (laughs) so we're gonna figure out think about how black excellence has we already talked about how black excellence the concept of it how it's kind of problematic how it's impacted the way black communities um actually interact like there's a whole Mm -hmm. aspect of like elitism a lot of people who have achieved black excellence or some some form of what they think is black excellence tend to look down at people who haven't there's a certain as maxine was already saying there's a certain like i got here i worked for it oh maybe Mm -hmm. you're not working hard enough like you can mm-hmm. do what I did and become like I am, but there's mm-hmm. no actual steps. Like they, they're like, yeah, you can do this, but then you don't even see a real path to do it. It's like you see uh, Beyonce, Jay Z, Sean Combs, all these other black, like wealthy people, and you see the path they take, and they're like, well, I did this, that, and the third, and I got here. You can get here. And it's like. People are three page. I always say this to my dad mm-hmm. and like anybody who talks with me about paychecks, we're always three paychecks away from being homeless than three yeah. paychecks away from being wealthy. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I was actually about to say that too. Like in our community, well, the first thing I was going to say is that with this Black ex- Excellence, it, it masks our individuality, you know, like it takes away the opportunity for us to be individuals. And then we always have to think as a collective, like we never could like think on an individual level, like how does this make me feel? How do I want this? No, it's how can I make my ancestors proud, my family proud, everybody proud of me? How can I make a legacy for the next generation? Always about everyone else, but not the self, you yeah. know, that's the one thing. And then yeah. secondly, just to add to what you were saying, black people some black people not all but there's like this competition like you can't especially like i can only speak as a woman but like sometimes your own fellow black woman supposed to support you and rise with you are the ones who are grabbing the ladder away from you it's like i got here with my own ladder go buy your own ladder you know instead of like opening the ladder for you you know and doors they close it and they close it shut worse than like sometimes worse than the white person who's doing it um and it's crazy because it's like it has like this survivor scarcity mentality like oh you know there's not enough excellence to go around there's not enough opportunities to go around so i need to like 
save all the glory for myself. And it's like, no, yeah. glory is meant to be shared, not withheld, you yep. know, because when it's withheld, then you grow an ego and then you think you're invincible. And that's when reality will really hit you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard for us because we, we don't have a manual. You know what yeah. I mean? Like There's we don't no have manual. a Exactly. Like, I feel like with white people, and I'm not a white person, clearly, but <laughs> I feel like with white people, they had their ancestors form a path for them that they never yes. have to feel this way. They Our have- path was literally taken away from us. Yeah, there was, um, so speaking about like white people having a path, there's so many like policies that the government enacted. Like, I feel like I can't go maybe another episode we can go deeper into this but there's so Mm -hmm. many policies that like you know the gi bill and like home like redlining and home ownership and so many different policies that were enacted that help white people be wealthier than black people yeah like when it comes to white people you will rarely hear this person is the first to do this for black people, we still hear this so-and-so is the first black person to do this. Yeah. First black person to do that. It's like, why, why are we still at a point where black people are having firsts? Yeah. People are not having first or very little of first, you know? Yeah. You know, something when you said that, it reminded me of a time when I was like imagining a time where like, you know how like um what's her name olivia spencer i think she was like octavia spencer yes i said olivia (laughs) (laughs) oh man octavia spencer i think she was like the first black actress to win like a supporting role or something like that i forgot what award she had but she was the first in that award for the academy right and you know i was just daydreaming because i always want to be like a director and producer i'm daydreaming like my oscar award and i'm like the first black this and like i just put like so much hype on it it's like now that you said that it's like yo all this time like that's not really something to be proud of to still have a first you know at this point you know like we should like we should be at a point where like we could be normal, you know, but yes. it's hard, you know, like I give it grace because it's only been like a hundred something years since slavery ended. It will take its time, but it's not something that people should be too hyped up on. Like we should get to a point where, okay, we have a first, but let's get a second. Let's get more. Like yep. how the vice president said, like, I may be the first black vice president, but I won't be the last, you know, like that's powerful because you are literally saying like, I better not be the only one. You're going to get in there. I'm going to open this door for you so we won't have any more first. We'll get to a point where we have minority presidents and vice presidents and treasurers and all these positions that I can't think of. Yeah, I'm like, when it comes to Kamala, like, I feel like people are, when it, yeah, when it comes to vice president-elect Harris, let me give some respect on her name. (laughs) Yes. Um, Some people take her and put her in a black excellence um bag like i saw this picture on um it was on twitter that i saw it and it was you know that picture of ruby bridges like she's trying like walking to school Mm. so they took i think they took a they took a picture of kamala harris walking and put the shadow as ruby bridges Mm -hmm. so it was like conflict it was kind of weird for them to conflate her ascension to the civil rights movement because are we really calling ruby bridges going into school something that honestly should have been her right from the beginning since students got since black people got out of slavery conflated with kamala's sense of black excellence so it was kind of weird to see the way people take black excellence and they warp it mm-hmm. a lot of the reason why it becomes toxic is because people conflate black excellence with so many different things like you were talking about like how people have especially like having beyonce and all these other famous people they can't have off day they always have to be on point and even if they are not on point people will come 
and like they have this little you know like beyonce has like the beehive beehive or beehive beehive like, yeah that they come and they attack anybody who questions beyonce's anything you know mm-hmm. like thinking about sometimes black excellence is also like uplifted or enhanced by these people who hype it up you know they're um i'm trying to think of like the one example other than beyonce makes me think of r kelly how people have shielded supported aka protected i'm like shielded and protected are almost the same thing i don't know why i said both but (laughs) um r kelly and his misdeeds like mm-hmm. we still have like everybody knows what he has done he's in jail for it yet there's still people playing his music at birthday parties and family functions like there's a disconnect yeah a cognitive dissonance <laughs> yeah um yeah, so let me just go back to the point of the uh, Kamala Harris and um, I forgot her name, Ricky, Ru- Ricky, stuff. Ruby Bridges. Ruby, oh my God, it was our name. <laughs> 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 yeah, so Ruby, I think like probably the intention was like, look how c- far we've come. Yeah. I didn't personally see it, but like we've come from like a point where like we are, you know, scared to go to school to now owning a seat in the white house yeah you know so like the intention versus perception is really at play there you know because like yeah but the intention is like look how far we come we are excellent but it could also be damaging because it's like okay so the next person like let's say like whoever's the next person they camilla harris has to be that shadow you know like okay now i have to pay it forward it's like it's a lot of pressure you know um and then just to go to the point that you made about um oh my god it was the last point you made about r kelly's music too right and how r kelly's music and all these artists like you know mj and stuff who've done like bad things right and how we don't give them mercy for it one and two they we hide it under a rug you know and i think there's a couple factors there to like talk about right like for example, it's hard for, especially, I can only speak for the Black community, but exactly. I think it's hard for us, you know, let go of these artists who have committed such heinous crimes because they are our, like, hope, you know? Like, they're the ones who got out the rags to riches story. Like, they're supposed yeah. to be that, you know, the savior of our community. They're supposed to shine the light and show us the hope and then when you recognize and see that they're falling, that they're human, it's like, or that they messed up really badly, they either hide it under a rug and it's like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm going to still support you and listen to your music because we don't got anything else. You're the only one. You know, yeah. you're, the, you're our savior right here. Like, we can't lose you, okay? Yeah. They try and to then separate you ha- the art from they the artist. Yeah, it's hard for them to separate the art from the artist. And then you have others who... They slip it under the rug or they condemn them so much. It's like, how could you? You're supposed to be our ancestors' wildest dreams and then you've come so low. Do you know how much white people are laughing at us now? They think we're a joke. We can never like succeed without falling so hard on our face. And it's like, you have those two extremes, you yeah. know? There's no middle ground for it, you know? Yeah. And this other factors to play there which we could discuss in a different episode because that goes into like there's just different factors that i can't even think of right now but yeah, i feel the like point we, is, we should yeah, do an oh, episode on celebrity culture celebrity <laughs> specifically black celebrities like exactly. i think like there's black a differentiation yeah, yeah exactly I'm writing that down <laughs> yep because <laughs> like you know um back to the point um where was I going with that? It's hard. And then when you said like the R. Kelly music, and it's like there are people who are still listening to his music. I'm like, she is attacking me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I still listen to my mind is telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was so it's so I love that song so much. Yeah. You I'm, know, and I'm just like, 
why are Kelly? Why could you yeah. just keep it in your pants? I'm like, um, I literally, I've slowly, what I do now is when I find out misdeeds from an artist, like, especially if it's a black male artist, mm-hmm. I tend to just like cut their music out of my playlist, like mm-hmm. unfollow, mute, block, bye-bye. Yeah. Um, Cause for R. Kelly, like I feel like it. I never really listened to his music before, mm-hmm. but when I started to like get older and understand what was happening, it was just like, "You're sick, man." Mm-hmm. Not even a perception of like, "Oh, you're you're making us look stupid." It's like you're making your people's lives like. Mm-hmm there there's no if and buts about it like people's careers have been like people who could have had careers in music turned off of music all that other stuff like careers ruined yeah mm-hmm. but let's table the rest of that for black celebrity culture episode uh because the next thing we can move on to from like black excellence is that secure the bag people who are like you know you gotta secure the bag you gotta hustle hard and there's this whole concept that if you're not hustling if you're not moving and shaking doing your own entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. like you're not looking you're not working towards black excellence you're slacking like Mm -hmm. is I feel like I feel that pressure because I for a while I was really trying to you know really work as a freelance photographer and trying to hustle and the hustle kind of burnt not burned me on the sense that like I hustled but nothing happened yes oh my god I could relate I I was doing the same thing like I was um doing gaffing and you know um just other film positions that were available to me right and i would grind so hard in college for these i would go and network i would go to these different productions exactly i had like like nine pages worth of every single production that i either did i created or i worked on people's projects for yeah nine pages of work and I would apply to jobs and got nothing. And I'm like, exactly. that is the biggest slap in the face. You exactly. need to tell me that all my hard work, all the securing the bag bullshit, you know, was for nothing. I could exactly. have had like a normal college life, not worrying. And here I am grinding so hard, hustling so hard to see nothing. Yeah. You know, like at that point, I was just, it, it, it was emotionally draining. I got yeah. burnt out. And then yes. I just reached the point where like, there was other things that happened too, but like there, I just reached a point where I just couldn't take it anymore mentally. And I yeah. had like, to this day, I still have anxiety just to go on Instagram. Like all I mm. could do is like, I would like, I have my friends messaging me on Instagram and it would take me like maybe two weeks to reply because I have that much anxiety just to reply back on an Instagram yeah. message. And not yeah. even the post, I get anxiety just to make a post. I get anxiety to look at other posts because it's like, oh my God, they're doing so much better than me. They're yep. excelling. Exactly. And, I, and I worked so hard to excel only for them to beat me to it. Like, I don't yeah. want a reminder, you yeah. know? Um, I feel the same. Like, yeah, I, I spent, like, I went to Hunter College. I got out of college, like, 2014. And, like, after that, I couldn't find a job in media. I took a AmeriCorps job at the health department doing stuff I didn't really like. I'm like, it was social media work, but I didn't really like it. I'm not the best social media manager. It was more like the concept, like the topic that I was tweeting about, the topic I was posting about. But when I, then I got burnt, not burnt out, but then I was, went on to grad school in grad school, I was okay with social media. I was like, I'm doing something with my life. You know, I'm on the way to black excellence. But after I got out, I wasn't working. Like I was doing nothing. I felt exactly how you felt about Instagram. Like I spent months off of Instagram, 
off of Facebook, off of Twitter, just not looking at anybody, staying in my house, going back and forth to work, or if I wasn't working, just ignoring social media completely. Like, yeah. now I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I've come to peace with it. Like, yeah. I see people celebrating their lives and moving on and making big moves. And I was, I'm at the place where I'm okay with seeing it and knowing that my path is different. I'm like, my path is going to be way different. Like I'm yeah. not going to be at the same pace as them. I'm, I had to come to a like realization and mentally that this is okay for me to be where I am. Like depression and anxiety is something that I've had I have to work on like talking to a therapist to get rid of those like anxious feelings because like literally I was a ball of anxiety in 2019 like a ball of anxiety had to talk through all that and it worked you know yeah I'm comfortable on social media now yeah I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> it takes time. But yeah, for sure. I think the last post I made was like in June or July, you know, mm. and to this day, like I, you know, people like when it's your birthday, they like say messages on your birthday. Yeah. I can't even look at it because I had anxiety over that. I'm like, it's my birthday. Like, why am I making this a big deal? But like, yeah. anytime I think social media, I think film. And then I have a negative association with film because I didn't get anywhere with it. Yeah. right now you know what i mean like i don't see the fruit in it anymore yeah you know and it, it hurts me to say that because i love film so much but mm-hmm. i'm working my butt off for film to make a name for myself and i don't see anybody like not to say like oh here's your reward but i don't exactly. see any fruit you know what i mean yeah. like i don't see what it's turning into it's like, just like me spending money to make movies that end up on youtube and it's yeah. like when is it going to actually turn into something viable yeah or something that could actually make a profit because i need this dinero too yeah no that's what i meant by viable (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah exactly yeah also uh, yeah about (laughs) like how also this secure the bag and this uh black elitism black excellence also ties into like classism like Mm. i i'm not gonna assume what classes we are but like we're definitely not in the wealthier class of people like we are struggling and toiling paycheck to paycheck so excuse you sasha i don't think you know me i'm I'm, pretty wealthy okay (laughs) i'm just making an assumption right now because you Uh had said you were working paycheck to paycheck so i (laughs) It was just a soft story. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to take what you said earlier, make a little assumption. But um, <laughs> I f- like, even so, it feels like we're on a pace where we aren't, you know, a Beyonce, a Jay-Z class, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's a disconnect there. Like, we're out here striving and toiling. Like, people are... Like, I was reading uh, earlier, and it was saying that, like, a lot of people, they succeed, and they hit these top careers, and they, like, we were talking earlier, and then they move into, like, luxury homes, and they're in these, you know, wealthier spaces, like, you know, hobnobbing and whatever, and the rest of us are kind of stuck. In the article I was reading, they were like, well, a lot of people are stuck in, like, low-income neighborhoods where non not livable wages and all these other things i was like not all of us are in that bucket but like a lot of us are in a sadder bucket (laughs) yeah yeah it does lead to like this classism you know um because like you like when you said that honestly like i automatically thought about like their education like beyonce jc's education and how like they had a high school degree and they are billionaires. Exactly. Imagine the slap in the face for somebody who actually went to college and was told about how college will get you the fancy job yep. and college will like make you just as rich as them 
only yeah. to find out yeah, you're just a you're broke. You're broker than a church mouse. Broke. Yeah. Okay. Got <laughs> a master's degree. Don't got yeah. master's degree money. <laughs> exactly. We got master's degree debt. <laughs> I'm like, like, luckily, I don't have master's <laughs> degree debt. I do have school debt, but not from yeah. degree, but still. But still, you know what I mean? Like, we've been given a false dream, you know? Yeah. And, and we spent our money chasing a dream that didn't come true. And yeah. that's, that says a lot on our society. And I'm not blaming Black people for this. Definitely blaming white ancestors for this. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, we have come to a point where we can't keep attacking the ancestors. We can't. You know, they're dead. Like, they're going to die. They're, you know what I mean? Like, they already did what they did. It's up to I'm us right. to change, you know, it and to, to take to our, res- you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, take responsibility, and not for Black people, but, like, for white people specifically. Like, they, they need to know the responsibility and acknowledge the fact that what kind of damage they've done. And we, as Black people, need to take responsibility to just, not to say be better, but to do better. By, yeah. And then by doing better, we will be better. Because you can't yeah. be what you're not doing. You know, like if you're not putting in the practice of doing better or making, having the mindset of it, you know, you're not going to be better. But we have to really look within ourselves and identify like what makes me me, not what makes me black, what yeah. makes me me, you know, yeah. because then you could speak as a collective of individuals instead of a collective of like a race. You know, you yeah. can speak as an individual yeah. instead of a race. I, I feel like riffing off of what you're saying, people need to realize that, like, if we're going to really have a Black excellence that works, it mm-hmm. has to be individualistic. Like, it has to be what's yeah. excellent to me. Yeah. Like, fit it into your context. Like, you don't have to be a baller. You don't have to be a shot caller. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you you started rhyming. You gotta be a baller, shakala. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to be all that to be excellent. You could yeah. be just, you know, working a steady job or striving to do whatever you want to do. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, I got a master's degree or I'm a doctor. It could just be, I am advancing myself through you know whatever form or i'm living in this life and i love the life i'm living like it has to be something that people just take and acknowledge for themselves exactly now i have to ask you this question how now that we've discussed black excellence how do you define as an individual black excellence how does that look like for you i'm like for me as I was just saying, I'm like, I honestly, like to myself personally, I think of Black excellence as people laugh at me. Like my thing is being comfortable. Like I want to live a life where I'm comfortable where I am. Like I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm comfortable what I'm doing, like comfortable financially, like I'm in a space where I'm not worrying about where my, when my next paycheck is coming. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Like that's excellence to me, like being who I want to be, but I want to hear yours. Yeah. Um, black excellence to me would be just getting to a point where I'm at peace with myself. And that I have the humility to be at peace with other people, even if they like, (laughs) you know, they have different goals, different life. I'm not in a space where I'm comparing myself or like my ego is at a point where it's like, you're okay. You don't need to like act as a protector for me anymore. That's excellence. Having Mm -hmm. a holistic um, mindset of peace, you know, not just, you know, my mindset is at peace. But my body is at peace. My health is at peace. Everything in unison is at peace. And it works together to just to better myself and enjoy my life just as a human being before I die. (laughs) You know, like I just want to enjoy my life. I don't want to keep surviving. Like I have like this survivor mentality all the time. And it's like, I just want to reach a point where I could just live my life and not have to worry about surviving. 
I could just live and enjoy it and then die. You know, <laughs> that's not so morbid, but like, yeah, that's black excellence to me. <laughs> yeah. Am I, you know, that's, we, you know, we're come to a place where like we defined our excellence and, you know, we got to just carry that out. Um, and to yeah. kind of like bring what we're talking about to a different context, like there's la- two last points for us. Mm. One is that will capitalism secure black liberation? Like we've talked about a- excellence and excellence also is kind of like people are, they relate it to liberation, you know, being free. But like, we also, we talked about like Beyonce and jay-z and all these other celebrities they're kind of like also black capitalists so they profit off this system that kind of works on the backs of poor and colored people you know like yeah people out here toiling to make companies like profits people are buying jay-z and beyonce's like merch and all that stuff and they're buying into this more consumerism and it's just like damn are we being swindled is this the way to be free (laughs) yeah i think um just like i guess add my viewpoint on that um i think you know capitalism doesn't lead to black liberation i think it was a start Mm -hmm. but now it's you know capitalism just leading to black enslavement in a different way exactly like we are becoming enslaved to the idea that this is what it means to succeed as a black person, not realizing that we're succeeding based on a white template. Yep, you know what I mean? Yep. Like that house, that success, if we're basing our success off of white ancestors, yep. that's not success. You know, capitalism yeah. wasn't our thing. You could go and do the research of like how people used to live in Africa, you yeah. know, but it was Africa, not like countries named by the Europeans, actually yeah. Africa, you yeah. know, like, the way they live was much different than the way we're striving for. You know, they didn't have that same concept of striving for extreme amounts of like excellence. They just lived a comfortable life and then died, you know, (laughs) like a normal human being, you know, but like striving for this capitalism, having high capitalism and stuff as a means to be liberated. No, that's not going to give you liberation. Doing the inner work, you know, working on yourself, as an individual, not as a collective, because you can't control every black person. Every black person has a different history, a different way of growing up because, you know, we've just been separated from our roots. So yeah. we have a different way of growing up. Yeah. You know, my experience is not gonna be the same as your experience, yep. you know? So we can't speak for a collective. We can only speak for ourselves. Yeah. You know? And the only way we can liberate ourselves is to find our definition of what's our liberation like what yeah. makes us liberated you know yeah. as an individual but money can't make you liberated even i don't care if you're white black spanish asian <laughs> yeah money yeah. is never going to make you liberated it's just going to yeah. save you to trying to retain that status yeah and all yeah. your life you're chasing money instead of chasing your actual dreams chasing what makes you you yeah, yeah. like going i'm literally i heard a point you made and i was like I got something to say to that, but now I can't remember. I'm like, what? I'm literally trying to think back what... Oh, yeah, you were talking about, like, how it enslaves people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, we see how, like, we find people working in, like, factories, and they're toiling for, like, companies like Amazon, and all these companies are just profiting off of the, like, backbreaking labor that people are putting into they're putting their sweat their tears like there was this whole thing that i see people posting on like social media it's like this job doesn't really care about you so take your sick days because Mm -hmm. they're not going to care if you work yourself to death nope yeah that's another thing too there's like that grinding as we were talking about that grinding mentality you know if i just keep going if i keep working hard go hard or go home that was always my favorite motto back then go hard or go home you know and you keep you could keep going hard and you could go home but it's not going to be to your warm home it's going to be to the cold graveyard 
because yep. you're working yourself to death. Yep. You know? Yep. So um people gotta take those sick days. People gotta be like, I need to just care for myself because these yep. companies are not even paying you enough. They're yep. not paying yep. you enough. Yep. Take whatever break you can. People striving for this, something I've been battling with a lot. It's like I just like I, I've come to a point with my life where it's like I really do not care about being rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like extremely yeah. rich. Like when you really breaking down, being extremely famous, extremely rich, I'm just like, I can barely handle my anxiety as a poor person. Exactly. <laughs> as a rich person. Oh my God. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And for me, it's like I've come to a point where I'm just like what's the point of all this crap? Like, why are people just constantly working for the money and money just leaving them to a graveyard? The only thing that the money could do for you is get you a really good looking gravestone at the end of the day. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because like, everybody's going to go into the ground. Yours is just going to look prettier. (laughs) But it's still the ground. So it's like, why are we... Yeah, that money with you when you die. Like, No, you don't. You don't. And we've been fooled. We've been fooled to think like this is the best we could chase for. Like this is the dream money. It's, it's paper. I could rip it up. Not that I'm going to, cause I don't know the consequences, but you could yeah, literally, yeah. you could literally rip money up. It's paper. You can't eat it. At the end of the day, if there, if we're all on survivor mode and there's no electricity, no, there's a scarcity in food and shelter and water, you best believe money is going to be the last thing on people's mind. It's no. going to be food. It's going to be water. It's, it's going to be no. how to get shelter. No, money is going to be on people's minds still then because people are going to hoard. Mm. Like, like yeah. just now in the pandemic, like prices of everything went up because people decided to start hoarding supplies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so true. People, yeah. And that's another thing, too. People don't care about people anymore. Yeah. Like, why are you hoarding? Like, you're a single person hoarding 12 cases of toilet paper. And I'm just like, what are you doing? There are families that, need it. you know, that who need it, who have like five plus members in the family. And here you are taking 12 for one person when you could actually share it with somebody. Yep. Like what? Ha- what's happening to us? Like, yeah. is this, you know? And then, um, here I am going to go back to Black Excellence. Is this what our ancestors fought for us for <laughs> to fight <laughs> over toilet paper? You know what I mean? Like they did not. <laughs> exactly. So, like, why are we doing better in that sense? Here we are trying to do better in capitalism with money and all that crap. What about our character? What about making sure that we're okay? Relationships are intact. You know, um, our families are okay. Friendships are strong. We have bonds with other people. Like, why aren't we focused on our character instead of our money? Because at the end of the day, money can burn. It could be destroyed. But a relationship that is strong, that has been worked on, that has been built, can never be broken. Not even in death. It's not even biblical right there. Like, this is just spiritual. This is just real life here. Like, Nothing can break a strong bond between people if it's strong, the good or the bad. If you work on a character, your character, and you work on building a relationship with somebody, whether platonic, romantic, family, familial, when you work on that, there's nothing on this planet that could shake you. You yeah. take that to your grave. It, it's a blessing to have such a strong relationship with people, but people no longer want that. No, People are no longer striving for that. People mm-hmm. are just striving for objects that can never replace the heart. Yeah. Objects will never take the place of the heart, you know, because the heart yeah. is warm. Objects are cold. When you touch an object, it is cold first. It's never going to be warm first. Yeah. But your heart yeah. is always warm. It's beating blood. Beating blood? No, it's <laughs> pumping blood. <laughs> it's pumping blood all the time and giving you warmth and everything. So that's the place that we should be you know chasing chasing hearts chasing dreams you know for relationships to be stronger not for money to be greener or whatever you know we have our priorities so whacked up and mixed up yeah 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 and then like to wrap things up because we're almost reaching the end the Uh, end (laughs) 
it's the final countdown. <laughs> I know. Countdown. Oh man. So um the last topic was ghetto black versus safe black. I feel like it what Corey was trying to hit at was respectability politics. Like, mm. like if you're from a low income neighborhood, you speak with a certain dialect or intonation, yep. like you look a certain way, mm-hmm. you you're automatically thought as less than you're you're just ghetto. You wear long nails, you wear the door knocker earrings, you wear your pants low. Even though I don't like when people wear their pants low, like Yeah. There's so many things that like you associate the hood with bad, with nasty, but you see people imitating it. And it's like you see Kardashians wearing box braids. They're which is annoying. Oh, not box braids. They were wearing cornrows, French corn braids. Cornrows, yeah. And they were calling it boxer braids. That's what they were doing. Yep. They didn't even know. Oh, my God. That's and too you, much. you see, like, people, like, all these celebrities wearing the long nails with all the fancy stuff, like, wearing yeah. the big earrings. They were tanning themselves to be, you know, a darker complexion. Yep. That's, That's another thing they're doing. They're just, everybody's, like, like we always say everybody wants to be black until you actually have to be black mm-hmm. but but um this and then there's a safe version of black where it's like oh you you got the right job you dress right you sound right you go to school like mm-hmm. just you know this like perfect perfect black you know there's that air of like you did everything right there should be no issues for you like I feel like people who have this dichotomy they're like oh yeah they I did this I'm like this you know I won't get problems with the police I won't experience racism (laughs) yeah it's like what are you talking about they just see you and want to shoot you like what exactly (laughs) it won't matter you know, it's funny that you bring this up because one, um, there was this video that I saw on Instagram a while back during like the George Floyd incident, right? And mm-hmm. it was this two white cops came to a restaurant and it was two black guys sitting there. And this white cop came to the black man and he was like, oh, um, what, like basically like interrogating him as if he did something wrong, right? And Mm -hmm. the black man was like, I did nothing wrong. What are you talking about? And then he went along with like the scheme of things, right? It wasn't until the end when he said like, let me speak to your supervisor and stuff. He's like, oh, sorry, we can't get your supervisor and stuff. That he said like, I'm a detective. The black man was like, I'm a detective. I'm actually above all of you guys. Here you are acting like an idiot, you know, trying to come for me. And I'm literally in a higher position than all of you. And I can report this to the higher boss to get y'all fired, you know? And the point of it is that they just look at you. You could be the safe black. They just have to look at you and be like, at the end of the day, you're still black. You're still ghetto in their eyes. You're still, you know, all these stereotypical crap that they tell you that you are. And it's like, a lot of these stereotypes are things that white people actually put on us, not us. You know, yeah. Um, you know the whole ghetto talk. It's like you know, if you look back, there's were different dialects for white people too. But you never hear discrimination for how white people talk. You yeah. know, when they're uneducated, when they don't have you know the proper language or the proper dialect to speak, you don't hear yeah. any criticism for them. But when yeah. it's a black yeah. person, oh, you're ghetto. When you yeah. have a stylistic preference. Oh, you your nails are too long. Why don't you cut them short so you can look professional? Why are you telling black people how to be? Like all our lives, yeah. we've been told how to be, except by the most important person, which is ourselves. Yep. We never get an opportunity to say who we want to be. Yeah. And it's the most annoying thing. We have everybody, including our own people, telling us who to be. Oh, that dress looks too slutty. Oh, that dress is yep. too revealing. Cover yourself. Like, what are you yep. trying to show? You know, it's like. What, what if I just felt like wearing it? Why don't yeah. I deserve respect regardless of what I wear, regardless of what's on my yeah. face, regardless of how I talk? Yeah. I deserve respect because I'm a stinking human being. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like the people are like, for some reason, like you have to be some what you will call at this level or whatever in order to gain respect. No, you need to respect from any point, any point. Okay. Like I don't care if you're in the hood, I'm gonna respect you. If you're rich, I'm gonna respect you. Or vice versa. If you're in the hood, I'm not gonna respect you. If you're rich, I'm not gonna respect you. Like, who's to, why am I supposed to do anything? Because you say so? What about what I say? Yeah. It's like, we don't have that opportunity to just come up with things that make us feel good without somebody shaming us, including our own people. Because all our lives we've been shamed on by white people that now we do it to ourselves so easily. And then when we do it to our own people, we internalize it. And now we do the job for them. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just to answer your question about safe and um, what you call safe uh, black and ghetto black, that don't matter. <laughs> You're still yeah. black. Yeah. And it's so, you know, you could be comfortable at however you want to present yourself. It's you. If this is your individuality, scream it for the world to see you. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with the way you speak, your dialect. You know, like people say, like you have to speak sophisticated. You have to like, speak what, white. You have to speak white, and I'm like, the heck? White people don't even speak white. Like, yeah. what? you know what I mean? And it's funny now because we have this. You, we had that pressure so much on us that now it's the reverse. Like white people are trying to take some of our dialect and make it cool. Yep. Twerking, ain't, yo, like yep. they, and it's not just white people. It's Asian people. It's all. all it's the blasting. It's the blasting. Yeah. They take yeah. and put on a blasting, and like I see it. It's popular with like young people on like TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. They decide to pretend to be black. Like and it's like or black even, fishing, those black girls fish. who, yeah, those girls who like do their makeup and they look black after they did. Yeah, that's exactly the people I was talking about when I said darker complexion. There was this girl, a case where she she's from Sweden. She has she's whiter than snow. She yep. made herself yep. look dark, and she's getting so much reviews. But an actual black woman who's authentically black, yep, they criticized making getting shamed on for being true to her color and you know what's yeah. annoying this is off topic but this is so annoying to me that this is another thing that black men are doing mm -hmm. they're saying queen hey queen oh you good looking queen and it's like no that plays into that plays right into safe black versus ghetto black right okay yes okay so i'm not off topic then it's You're so right annoying. on topic <laughs> it's so annoying to hear that when men are like Hey, queen, you queen. It's like, you didn't know I was a fucking queen? Like, the heck? You didn't know I was a queen? I had to, how, how much suffering did I have to go through for you to even see that where a queen was? You know, oh, and then you're, the like, now text. you're just, yeah. Who, who it's just pulls like, that stuff on us? Yeah, and they just keep saying that. It's like, no, you know what? I'd rather you call me by my name. Call me by my birthright name than to have you be phony and saying queen when you don't really mean it and when you don't really see it. You don't know a real queen. How yeah. can you know a real queen? Because you, at the end, the same mouth that's calling me queen is the same mouth that's calling another girl slut. That's calling another exactly. girl no, Calling another girl, shaming another girl, doing something to another girl. Our old black men. That's so annoying to me. I'm like, don't yeah. call me queen. Please don't call me queen. I know, look, I will call myself queen. I could do that myself. Just call me Maxine. That's my name. That's the name I've been given. Please just call me Maxine. Don't even do that. <laughs> yeah. You can see I got agitated a bit, but no, it makes sense. It's 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 the most annoying thing because it's like now you've come to that realization. Like you should have been doing that from the get-go. You know what I mean? Like it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Too late. And you don't mean it. That's the thing. Like it'd be one thing you meant it, you really don't mean it. Yeah. yeah. They those people who I feel like a lot of people who are saying like yes um hello queen this queen that are like those hotep people who have like this whole messed up mentality of like with pan-africanism and yeah all this like I feel like that's a whole different like a whole different episode like hoteps I'm gonna write <laughs> that down too but like they take and they they warp these concepts they're like oh well, uh, women doing this is, you know, because of the white man bringing this, like, 
um, concept to black women that they're trying to do black genocide and like all these like totally warped ideas. These people who have like horrible conceptions of like black women, like just like you said, they're saying queen to one, slut to another. They just like putting black women, they love putting certain black women on a pedestal, playing into the whole safe black, like yeah they're the house they're instead of the whole they want the housewife they want the housewife to be meek they want the housewife mm-hmm. to just obey what they say do what they want bow to them like even though all that <laughs> meant the same thing but like i just had to emphasize yeah no like i'm glad you emphasized that because like it made me think about how black men like he, for the first part that you said about you know, them saying, like, having a warped idea of, like, you know, it's the white man doing this. It's like, stop blaming the white man for a responsibility that you should have been taking. The white man may have done that to us, but at some point, you should have been taking charge and protecting your Black women. You know, at some point, you need to take responsibility. You know what I mean? Like, stop blaming everything on the white man. Like, I get that the white man did certain things, but now you're just using that as a clutch. You know yep. what I mean? You're used as a clutch to just call me queen and stuff like that when you really don't mean it. And to go on your other point that you said about um, men, black men wanting submissive women, black women. It's like, first of all, when we were enslaved, right? When our ancestors were enslaved, we were on the same footing. And for women, probably below, a little bit below that, you know, mm-hmm. because of the the mistreatment. Like there are stories where like, black people were treated in the same way as cattle like they will literally take one black man one black woman put them in the shed or whatever make them have sex to have what you call multiple kids for more slaves to work the land and you know grow the crops and stuff um there's stories like that so we were on the same footing when we were slaves whereas in comparison to white people man had the role of man and women have the role of like woman, like the stereotypical, you know, roles. Like no, women, women white women were like almost. They were the original, like submissive women. That's what. Yeah, I that's what I'm like. saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the stereotypical, like being meek, being submissive, things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and then man being like the alpha male, like being head honcho or whatever you know but they already it already was established but now black men today want women black women who had the same footing as them to act like a white woman and be meek it's like no what what that's not us that's not every black woman there are some black women i'm not going to speak for all black women there are some black women who want to ascribe to that and that's okay you have the freedom to describe to whatever your individuality speaks to you you know what i mean but you can't make that across the board. You can't say that all black women have to be like that. Because that's not, that's not how we grew up. That's not how we were, you know, that's not how we were, yeah. you know? You can't expect me to call you kings or like act, like make you think, like, what? What is this? You know, that's not even our template. Our template yeah. was we were on equal footing. At the, like, we are equals. You're not above me. I'm not above you. So why are you asking for submission? And that's why. Black men, they don't want to admit this, not all black men, but black men, some black men always go for the white women because they have the traits that they're looking for, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's offensive to white women. It can be offensive to white women because, you know, they're not all white women ascribed to the submission type. Not all white women are, but they go look for it in white women because it would be easier for them. To tame a black woman, like, there is no taming. Okay, like you can't make us submissive, <laughs> you know, yeah. unless we want to be submissive, you know, but that's not, I feel, you know, I'm speaking from my feelings. I feel like that's not in our nature to be submissive. It's so, you know, unorthodox, like that doesn't even match us, you know? Yeah. So that's why they always go for the trophy wives, for the white women and stuff. And then they always, when a black woman d- does that, like when a black woman want to yeah. go for the white guy, they're like, you sell out. The yeah. nerve? Yeah. The nerve to call yeah. me a sellout? Yeah. You must be joking. You're a joke, and, though. Yeah. That is funny. I'm like, I've got to go, unfortunately. But... Oh, snap. 
It's 10. Oh my God, yeah. I talked too much. Oh, I talked too much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We're going to wrap up tonight's cozy chat. Hopefully y'all can tune in again. You can find yes. me at Sash underscore Marguerite. And Maxine, can you shout yourself out? Yes. Um, you guys can find me at Maxine underscore Antoine and Maxine Antoine on most social media stuff. I only have two. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but yeah. Okay. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really much appreciated. And come next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>